You're listening to the Strong Towns Podcast. What's good, everyone? My name is Jacob Moses, community builder at Strong Towns. And welcome to one of four special episodes of the Strong Towns podcast, where we'll interview spokespeople from the four cities and towns who've advanced to the final four of our Strongest Town contest. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the Strongest Town contest, it's an annual contest we do at Strong Towns, where our members, listeners, and readers are invited to enter their city or town in a bracket-based competition designed to spotlight communities from around the world that are building financial resilience at the local level and actively embodying the Strong Towns approach to economic growth and development. We started with 16 cities and towns. Now, we're down to four. Guthrie, Oklahoma, Pensacola, Florida, Safety Harbor, Florida, and Portsmouth, New Hampshire. In this episode, I chat with James Fogarty, who's representing Safety Harbor, Florida, a lively suburb making smart bets on its compact, wealth-generating development pattern. You're going to learn about the current project Safety Harbor is working on towards becoming more financially resilient, what steps the local leaders are taking to foster its walkable downtown. Plus, James is going to answer a must-ask question from a Strong Towns member about how Safety Harbor plans to expand its core areas. And most important, after listening to this episode, if you think Safety Harbor should advance to the final round, cast your vote at strongtowns.org strongesttown by noon central time on Friday, April 5th. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy. Hey there, James. How are you today? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you. Well, James, first off, congratulations on Safety Harbor advancing to the final four of the Strongest Town contest. How are you feeling? Thanks. Yeah, we're all so excited here to, to be following the contest and have made it this far. It's, it's really an honor. Awesome. Well, James, so happy to have you on the podcast. Great opportunity here for listeners to learn more about Safety Harbor. I know thinking back on the past few weeks of this contest, readers have had a wonderful opportunity to learn about what's going down in Safety Harbor. You guys submitted a wonderful application highlighting some great stuff happening on your main street. There was a great photo essay last week. And now, James, we get an opportunity to have listeners hear from the source about the work that Safety Harbor is doing to become a strong town. To kick this off, James, I'd love for you to give just a brief description of Safety Harbor for people who have never visited, perhaps haven't checked out the application yet. How can you explain Safety Harbor to give people kind of that mental image of what the place looks like? Sure, yeah. Well, we're a a relatively small town uh, within the greater metropolitan area of uh, Tampa, St. Petersburg, and Clearwater. We, um, we like to joke that all of us would fit in the Pentagon. We're a population of about 18,000, and um, we're pretty close. We're just outside of Clearwater, so if that gives you an idea, um, on the west side of Tampa Bay. Um, we are kind of on a peninsula within a peninsula, um, which makes it easy to find us. If you look at the very tip of Tampa Bay, um, that's where we're located. Okay, very good. Well, James, I'd love to talk about some current projects that Safety Harbor is working on. 
you know, something you write a lot about strong towns is that sometimes cities can get too caught up in the big vision of what they want their place to look like, that they don't really take time to figure out, hey, let's just do this project first. Let's start to lay down the foundation of becoming financially resilient. James, could you talk to us about some of the current projects that Safety Harbor is working on to work towards becoming more financially resilient? Well, sure, yeah. Our our town, uh, for better or for worse, being a small town, has always had to deal with uh, somewhat limited resources. You know, we don't have a huge tax base, and so that makes it uh, important for us to really look at any time there's a capital expenditure, make sure that it's a good investment for the town. Um, I'd, I'd like to say that you know there was some grand uh, revelation that that made it that way, but it was really more just out of necessity. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of the things that the town is working on now, um, they just purchased a property for a new park in downtown right on Main Street. Um, to give you a little history of the town, we, um, we were founded um, as one of the early settlements in Florida uh, around kind of agriculture and um, a big real estate development from a guy who built a, a spa, a hotel, to attract visitors from up north. Um, right, uh, Pretty close to this hotel is this great big tree. It's actually the oldest tree in Pinellas County. And so the city uh, recently purchased the property that the tree is located on, which also happens to be adjacent to our amazing library, um, to preserve it from development and also provide an amenity that um, people can use and um, help kind of connect the library property to the Main Street district. So we're all really excited about that. Um, kind of a source of pride in the community. The trees are kind of yeah. a symbol here. So uh, it's a really important um piece and just to have that that amenity the oldest tree uh, in our county which is it sounds kind of silly but it's really important um when you consider that the history of it you know everything that that tree has seen over the years that's right i imagine it gives residents of safety harbor a sense of place you know whenever i go to the library i can look over and like you said remember that tree understand the history of it that's wonderful james yeah for sure and it's, it's become kind of a part of the culture here i know like a few years ago the library as part of their fundraisers were selling seedlings from the acorns from this oak tree uh, which is kind cool. of a, a cool thing they, they call it the baronoff oak tree so their slogan was you know get a baby baronoff in your own yard <laughs> um, cool and that was neat because it also helps to maintain a tree canopy here um kind of throughout the town so Um, Very good. Well, James, I'd love to chat more about what you're hoping that some of these current projects that you're working on, what they're preparing Safety Harbor for long term. You know, because another core principle of Strong Towns is that we believe financial solvency is a prerequisite to long term prosperity. You all have a lot of great current projects you guys are working on. One that really resonated with me and your application was the walking audit that y'all did and how y'all identified some low hanging fruits, whether it's shade trees or putting some sidewalks along enterprise. Thinking a few decades down the line, what are you hoping that these current projects are preparing you for? What future challenges do you hope that these current projects are kind of laying the financial resiliency for so y'all can tackle these future challenges? Yeah, I know access to the town and and how that works, uh, especially around the issue of uh, growth and development. Uh, it's really kind of a hot button issue in our town. Um, and so that is something I think these projects are hoping to um, 
address in a way and making it easier for folks to access the part of the center part of town, especially from um, some of the places farther out. We're really lucky because um, where we're located, we weren't um, kind of affected by some of the roadway expansions that I know a lot of other cities in Florida have had to deal with. And so our streets uh, in town are relatively narrow and, and still pretty easy to cross. Um, that, that said, there's a couple of areas where we really use some improvement. And that's where I think projects like the walking audit are, are really helping us to kind of identify that, uh, especially where there's, you know, opportunities for early successes um, to kind of connect some of those other areas of town and also make it possible for uh, development to consider multimodal options. Um, when you're looking yeah. at, you know, how do people get from, from place to place and, and how do we make sure that there's enough of a, a market in the center part of our town to support all of the, the cool restaurants we have now and, and make sure that keeps going forward. Yeah. You mentioned the application that Safety Harbor, you know, a lot of these neighborhoods are 20 minute neighborhoods and listeners, if this term is unfamiliar to you, you know, this is the place where, you know, within 20 minutes on usually on foot, you're able to accomplish most of the day's needs. You know, you can get, you can get the groceries, you can grab a coffee at the local bagel shop. And James, I imagine you said with this peninsular setting, most of Safety Harbor is already built out. You know, so when we talk about new developments, are y'all um, focusing on some inbuilt developments using some of the existing land to be able to accompany it? Yeah, well, it's, it's primarily infill uh, just because of where we are. Uh, and because of the, the relative size of the town, we're pretty small geographically. And that, you yeah. know, helps us to keep everything accessible, but also, you know, there's no place for us to kind of locate a big, massive development. And there's a couple of mm-hmm. properties that are still um, greenfield or that have had the, the previous occupants, um, you know, demolished to make way for, for some opportunity for growth. Um, but I know that's dead those are hard to come by. And, and I think the prices, especially locally have kind of reflected that. So I think uh, a lot of t- the opportunity will, you'll see in the kind of, uh, there's a discussion here right here about missing middle housing, uh, trying to get yeah. some of those um, properties activated and um, take some of the, the stuff that's especially close to main street. Um, I think there's some room to, to kind of build up. I know recently, one of the shops, um, they built an apartment above um, the retail, and that, that property is now oh, for sale. And, um, you know, that person is, is hopefully going to make some money. And the neighbors will see that and see how they did it and, and be able to replicate it and, and will grow that way. Yeah. Are there some current policies in place, James, where a lot of these neighborhoods can incrementally evolve, you know, go from single family to duplex, duplex to fourplex? If not, is this some policies that the city's eyeing? Yeah, well, that's definitely a work in progress. I know the city adopted um, a zoning code that allows for accessory dwelling units in any residentially zoned area. And that that's a big deal. You know, that, that's uh, really yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely. But it, I think to get to that next increment of development, we're not quite there yet to do that by right. But I think it, it was really helpful, especially when people start to see um, – how some of these things can benefit them in their neighborhoods uh, and be a little bit less threatened, I guess, by, by some of that yeah. stuff. Um, Cause it, I know the transition from single family neighborhood to, you know, duplex that, that might be a, a little bit scary for a lot of the suburban folks. 
Um, but I think that makes a lot of sense, especially uh, in the areas closest to Main Street. And I could see it kind of radiating out from there where that that's where it happens first. And then maybe it starts to, to progress um, as as okay. things get you know more limited, more expensive. We start looking for areas where some of that might um, get some room to grow. Yeah. James, let's talk more about Main Streets. I know this was a big conversation point in your initial application and all the great things happening there, whether it's the, the great restaurant scene or the, the safe, narrow streets for the cyclists to ride on, the pedestrians to cross the street and hit up different kinds of shops. Let's fast forward 20 years, you know, March 2039. You're dropped in the middle of Main Street. What do you see? Yeah, so I'd love to see, uh, especially the events that we've got going on, um, continue to support the local businesses. I'd love to see that we still have the character of our main street, um, the kind of mom and pop businesses that that they are allowed to continue to thrive. Um, I'd love to see uh, lots of people still out walking and enjoying the nice weather. I'd love to see, I know, for example, this week, just this week, uh, the Hallmark Network actually was filming a movie on Main Street to take advantage of some of our, you know, scenery. So I'd love to see more of that kind of tangential stuff as well. Um, You know, folks really love the town and and share it with the world. Wonderful, James. And now I have a question for you from one of our members Um, and listeners. If you're new to the Strong Tats movement, Members are essential to the work that we're doing, especially when it comes to the Strong Towns contest, because these are the folk who truly understand our message and are the best judges of a town that's working towards becoming more financially resilient. And James, I have a question for you from one of our members, Hall Block. And Hall asks, core areas of town naturally expand with influx of residents and businesses under the right conditions. What will the expansion of your core areas and safety harbor look like in 50 years? And how will you get there? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd hope that um, the expansion continues in this, the incremental way that we've got going on Beautiful. for us now. Where, So if you look at the blocks that are kind of right off Main Street, a lot of the properties that were once single-family homes um, are the properties that have been turned into uh you know, residences and offices and restaurants. Yeah. Um, and then the city has allowed that to happen, um, which has really kind of expanded the opportunity from just the Main Street kind of traditional retail frontage yeah. to, to those blocks off Main Street. So I'd love to see that as as the demand for that builds, uh, keep happening as, and spread out from the blocks so that where those homes are now, um, you know, let's say those get... Um, developed into something else so that the opportunity to expand can continue, uh, but also not in such a way that uh, you see these dramatic transformations of a neighborhood kind of yeah. all at once way. Um, I know because it, it's a lot easier to test that out. And then if the restaurant doesn't work out, well, that that building can still revert back to a home yes. if you need it, if the market will support it. So, and that, you know, hasn't really altered the fabric of the neighborhood that much so it's really a good way to do it um and so i'd I'd love to see that continue to happen in our town um i think the city leadership has has done a great job in making sure that happens 
Um, they've also done a, a good job at kind of keeping the infrastructure um, financially sustainable, um, you know, making sure that the water pipes are maintained and the sewer pipes are maintained. Um, and we're lucky, uh, again, our size, our, our relatively small geographic footprint uh, keeps those things affordable and, and really helps to keep the city budget um, in line with our, our tax revenue that, that um, can be supported with the growth pattern that we already have. Yes. And I imagine a lot of these 20 minute neighborhoods, James might eventually as the safety Harbor continues to grow, maybe even become 10 minute neighborhoods, five minute neighborhoods. Is that something you can picture for your time? Yeah, for sure. I, I think as we um, welcome new residents and, and kind of adapt to some of the changing demographics as people are, are kind of looking for this uh, places they can live in and, kind of not have to depend on their car for every trip. Um, I'd love to see us, you know, leverage that, that momentum into something that um, can really work for a lot of those people. Absolutely. Well, James, to wrap up the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. What do you think is something unique to safety Harbor? That's unlike any other of the, the 15 towns that submitted an application for the contest What's something unique that should capture voters' attention and encourage them to look more into Safety Harbor and consider voting for y'all? Yeah, that's a great question. I um, I know that a lot of the towns are, are pretty awesome in and of themselves. Uh, wow. It's a very stiff competition that we've got. Um, I think our, our history really uh, sets us apart. It, the town of Safety Harbor has been occupied uh, for thousands of years. It was a, a main pre-Columbian settlement. And so there's remnants of that uh, still around town. I, I know one of our biggest parks, uh, Philby Park, is built around an old Indian mound, uh, which is what uh, one of the things that attracted uh, the first settlers here. To, and that's kind of where the citrus industry started in Florida. Okay. And, um, you know, going back to the time before Florida became a state, back when they, they acquired it from the Spanish. So that it's a really fascinating thing to, to just kind of walk around town and, and learn about these really cool things, um, you know, that, that not every town has. Beautiful. Well, listeners, now is the time to vote. If you would like Safety Harbor to advance to the finals, go vote at strongtowns.org slash strongest town. Voting will be open until 12 central time on Friday, April 5th. Well, James, again, congratulations on advancing to the final four of the Strongest Town Contest. So excited to see how everyone stands up to the competition, and we appreciate you sharing some more insights with us, and we will chat very soon. All right, great. Well, thanks for the opportunity to to share my town and um, all the stuff that we've got going on with the Strong Towns audience. That's right. Thank you, James. We'll talk soon. Thank you. is a necessity to becoming rich. It's also a necessity to go bankrupt. Bill, 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 Bill. That's the story. They know that America's one big pothole right now. Just to echo what you said, there are no silver bullet solutions. Chuck Marone, this has been fascinating. Who made this city?
window is not always open. But if nobody's pushing, then once the window opens, there'll be no chance to go through. I like you. I like your vision of the, of the world. The United Nations Earth Summit, Agenda 21. Yeah.